The Office of the B.C. Seniors Advocate this week released a report entitled B.C. Seniors Falling Further Behind, a review of the financial challenges facing B.C. seniors and highlighting the impact of those rising costs on B.C. seniors, B.C. seniors rather, who depend on government pensions and ranks B.C. as the lowest in its financial support for seniors compared to other provinces and territories. Here to talk more about it is the author of the report, the Seniors Advocate for British Columbia. Always a pleasure to welcome Isabel McKenzie to our program. Good morning, Isabel. Welcome back. Good morning. Thank you. Well, it's nice to have you with us, but unfortunately, again, you and I have to talk about a topic that's not particularly uh, bathing in optimism. Here we are falling further behind, Isabel. I suppose the most noteworthy part of this uh, report uh, was the fact that we ended up finding out how B.C. ranks with respect to other provinces in terms of direct support for seniors. And we're not very high up on that list at all, are we? No, and I think, you know, what I, what certainly I was a little bit surprised by, and, and I think many others will be as well, uh, was the overall income levels. I mean, it is, it is clear that there are uh, some British Columbia seniors uh, that enjoy uh, very comfortable retirements. Um, and sometimes we have the impression that that's the majority of seniors, and in fact, it's not okay. the majority of seniors. So, the we looked at what's called the median income, and the, the median income is actually a better measure than average because average is just adding up everybody's income and then dividing by the number of people that you added it up. Right. And if you have a small group of really high income earning people, you can pull the average up and. Indeed, the median income, which says, okay, half of the people have an income below this amount and half of the people have an an income above this amount, that is significantly lower, actually, than the average income. So we know that there are some seniors out there who who are enjoying some very good retirement income because they're pulling this average up. Mm -hmm. But that's not actually the story for most seniors in British Columbia. And what we found was that uh, today, it was a little bit higher in 2019, but currently uh, almost half of the seniors in British Columbia, 45%, live on an income that is less than minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 25% of seniors, one out of four, are living on an income less than $21,000 a year. That's quite sobering, I think, uh, for us to, to realize especially in British Columbia, which is a very expensive province to live in. Now, if you are a senior who is a homeowner, uh, you have some uh, tools available to you to to look at how you could increase your income. But two out of 10 seniors in the province are renters. And they're in the same rental market as everybody else, except their incomes are almost half what everybody else's is. So they've got some very, very serious challenges. And then when we looked at, okay, what are the supports for seniors as they age? So, you know, as we get older, we're more likely to need some dental care, Mm -hmm. some eyeglasses, some hearing aids, Mm -hmm. what we call the aids to daily living, a walker, a raised toilet seat. Uh, British Columbia actually does not have a program that funds those. Um, Most other provinces have some element of it. Nobody gives absolutely everything, but... Um, you know, you'll get a little bit of this and a little bit of that. We actually, the only, we looked at nine different measures. We only provided two of them, which is we do provide uh, eye exams, but then we don't provide any funding for the glasses mm-hmm. that you might need that come from that exam. 
And we do provide home adaptations, which is to allow seniors to um, do some renovations to their home if they have a disability. Every province gives a form of, we have Fair Pharmacare, every every province provides medications for its seniors with various formulas. Right. Um, Every province actually gives property tax deferral. Um, But when we look at the other things, uh, unfortunately, and and surprisingly, frankly, to me, uh, we provided the the lowest number. So, Isabel, turn this around. Flip the coin to the other side, because, of course, with these uh, damning figures and comparisons, particularly with the other jurisdictions across Canada, clearly out of that emerges a set of recommendations. What are you suggesting or recommending British Columbia do by way of catching up? Well, there's a few things. First of all, BC has um, a, an income supplement for the lowest income seniors called the BC Senior Supplement. Now, it's about the fourth lowest in the country. Um, but to be fair, the government recently doubled it. It used we used to be the lowest. Um, it, it's forty nine dollars. It was forty nine dollars a month, and now it's ninety eight dollars a month or ninety nine dollars a month, and that's very good. Uh, but we need to index that, or we're going to to fall further behind. The, previous amount had remained the same for over 30 years. Right. And if we don't commit to indexing it, the same thing's going to happen again. The other thing we need to do, uh, without a doubt, uh, is overhaul the, the rent subsidy program for seniors. There's a program called uh, Shelter Aid for Elderly Renters. It's called SAFER. Um, and the goal of the program is for you to spend about 30% of your income on rent. That's what we've decided is a good a good goal because sure. if you're spending more than that, then other things or other necessities aren't getting met. So the problem is with the shelter aid, with the safer program, we have decided that we're going to put a rent ceiling in place that says we're only going to recognize uh, this much rent. In other words, in Vancouver, I'll use as an example, um, the rent ceiling is $803. So the program, if your rent is $803 a month, and I think that I think we can all agree that will be very challenging in Vancouver. Very unlikely, exactly, yeah. Um, so if your rent is $803 a month, the program will work for you. Uh, however, the market rent uh, in the most recent data we have, which is a bit old in and of itself, shows about $1,400 a month for a one-bedroom in the Lower Mainland. So what you have is a program that sees people uh, if they're paying the average rent, they're paying over 60% of their income on rent. Mm-hmm. And and 80% of them have incomes under $25,000 a year. So these are very small incomes they're paying this 60% from. So, so we need about, to overhaul that. Okay, I'm wondering though, uh, and and the uh, by the way, I'll, I'll, the seniorsadvocatebc.ca friends is the website where you can read this report in its entirety, including all of the recommendations. What sort of appetite do you uh, suspect there is for any of these recommendations currently, Isabel? Well, I I mean I you know I've always said the governments want to help people. That's why they are the government, and so I do believe they want to do the right thing. Um, but, you know, finding the, uh, uh, the, the, the resources, there's no way around this is going to cost some money. Yep. Um, that is going to require some prioritization. Um, I am, I believe that we will see, uh, some, something happening on this rent file. My concern is always that governments, uh, you know, they tinker at the margins and they, uh, make it sound as though it's bringing more profound relief than it is. 
the reason why I think we might get some action on things like the rent relief and the, the um, home support co-payment is because what is clearly happening for some, for some of the seniors who are getting older and frailer um, and they're renting um, or they're living in their own home on very, very limited incomes, um, they're moving into long-term care mm-hmm. because it's more cost-effective for them um, than staying in their own home. Absolutely more cost-effective than if they are a renter uh, because they are, uh, you know, we only take a percentage of your income when you're in long-term care. We guarantee you a certain amount of money left over every month. And for some people, the amount of money left over at the end of the month after they're in long-term care is more. Than rent. Then, yeah. because when they're on their own, they're paying their rent, mm-hmm. um, they're paying their care costs. If they're not on GIS, they have to pay a lot for their home support services. Most people uh, whose incomes are under 30000 are not paying for any of their medications if they're listed on the formulary. But if they're not on the formulary or they're over-the-counter medications, they're paying for those which they wouldn't in long-term care. You know, the list goes on and sure. on. And it's very expensive. It's about $75,000 a year to care for someone in long-term care. Most of that money comes from government. Um, And it would be much more cost-effective to find a way to help a person pay their rent and to help them uh, afford their home support than it would be to care for them in long-term care. Indeed. And, of course, we do know uh, very, very abundant statistics prove uh, time and time again seniors vote. In large numbers, that, too, adds a little pressure to government's decision-making at a time when, of course, the, the opposition in B.C. is starting to uh, coalesce around a new leader, etc. Uh, the report, friends, is B.C. seniors falling further behind. You can read it in its entirety at seniorsadvocatebc.ca, the Office of the Seniors Advocate. And we're talking, of course, with our province's senior advocate, Isabel McKenzie. Thanks for getting up early on a weekend to do this with this is about we always appreciate it when you do my pleasure hi it's shauna and i might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables hey it's ryan and i might be a bad parent because i went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth johnny here i might be a bad parent because in my house the tooth fairy gives pocket change but we're not alone len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital (laughs) and andy left his two-year-old at the rink All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.